0: Hi guys. I'm Nikki. I'm still a compulsive eater after 19 years. Um, hi. Nice to see the wave. Um, my goodness, there are many of you here today. Um, so this is a little bizarre and strange, um, speaking, um, leading a meeting from a computer. So forgive me while I adjust the format and the weirdness of it all. Um, and I did something I don't usually do when I speak at meetings, um, which is I have my iPhone with some little notes in case I get, um, distracted and confused by all the weirdness of this. Um, Okay, the first thing I want to say is that um, I I will break this share down into what it was like, what happened, and what it's like today. But I'll say one thing about what it's like today. Um, I'm not obsessed with food, and I haven't been obsessed with food for 19 years. Um, Food is not a struggle for me. Um, Life is a struggle. (laughs) Life is super challenging. I don't know if anyone else has noticed. Um, In fact, I would say in abstinence that I've discovered it's far more challenging than I thought because when I came into this program, I thought I had one problem, and it was my body um, or my lunch, you know, or the way my blue jeans were fitting me on a given day. And what I have discovered is that my body, my lunch, and the way my blue jeans fit is not a problem at all. Um, The real problem is life. Life is challenging and complicated. And I, I have a disease that doesn't naturally allow me to accept life on life's terms. Um, my, my response to everything is no, um, it's, uh, I, I think, uh, I think by nature, I'm, uh, constitutionally allergic to feeling and emotion. Um, I'm probably more emotional than the average bear as a lot of alcohol, a lot of alcoholics and pulse feeders, um, addicts, et cetera, are. Um, and, um, what I've learned in this program is not to be allergic to my feelings. And not to be allergic to my circumstances, but rather to find acceptance and um, um, peace with what I'm given. And certainly, we're all being given something that's very strange and unusual at this moment in our lives, to say the least. Um, All right, so I'm going to chat a little bit about what it was like. Um, I don't think I was born a compulsive eater. I think I was born a fairly normal kid. Um, I don't remember being obsessed with food as a child. I don't remember being obsessed with my body as a child. Um, what I did experience as a child, and it's interesting, I forget to mention this in in my leads sometimes, is I did have a lot of trauma and loss, a lot of death, frankly. My best friend died when I was nine years old, um, lots of other people around me. Um, and, uh, I also had a fairly volatile, um, household that I grew up in, and I think that that also, like, started to set the scene, you know, set the stage of, um, of addiction. Um, my understanding about addiction uh, from a clinical point of view is that trauma can contribute rather generously <laughs> to this state. Um, and I remember, I do often share this memory when my best friend died when I was a little girl. I remember going to this uh, place Dolores's, in Los Angeles. It was a drive-in, a drive-in restaurant with my dad. And my, my friend was, you know, had passed just a matter of hours. And we were sitting in the drive through and my father was making me laugh because that's the kind of guy he was, you know. And we happened to be eating French fries—these things they called Suzy Qs, these curly French fries—and laughing. And the point of the story is not the French fries. The point of the story is that my dad was making me laugh and making me feel, making me feel something other than grief. And <clears throat> it was like my first foray into compartmentalizing, you know. And, and I don't blame my dad. I think he was being very charming and a very wonderful parent in that moment. But I remember saying to him, like, this is so strange. Like, my best friend just died, and I'm horrified, And but you're making me laugh. And he's like, yeah, well, you'll see. Jews, we do that. <laughs> you'll, you'll see at the funeral, there'll be lots of drama and people laughing and telling stories. And, you know, people do that. That's what we do. Um, and I think it's very natural and very healthy. And something I've learned as a compulsive eater is that we don't really need food to compartmentalize. like we, there's this there's this phenomenal system that we're sort of born with uh, called denial. <laughs> and, and 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 I'm joking, and but I don't think it's entirely a bad thing. i do I have learned in recovery to trust that um, my ability to put sort of extreme emotion, pain, fear. Oh, hi, sweetie. Ruby Doodle just came and joined us next to me. Um, that um, I don't sit in feelings forever. My fear as a compulsive eater is that I will, but I don't. Things naturally pass. I, I have been designed with, with um, um, an ability to sort of, like, let things go. Go after a certain amount of time. Um and that's what I found, with or without getting into the food. If I get into the food, basically I just delay it. I just delay the ability to have my feelings. If I have them I can pass through them and move on. In any case, um I, you know, had a um I was an athletic kid, um, I was a dancer, I was a gymnast, um, I um sorry, my iPhone is lighting up and so is the chat room a little bit. Um, Um, Because I was dancing, because I was a gymnast, I started menstruating. Sorry, guys, it's just a little detail I got to get through. But I started menstruating much later than normal people. And so I didn't experience the body changes that a lot of other young girls do. I didn't experience it the same age as most young girls. I experienced it much later. And that was kind of the beginning of seeing my body change, probably at about 16 years old or so. Um, And I was Dancing, I think, 20 hours a week at least, if not more, at that point in my life. And I remember the first time I ever asked someone, um, a fellow dancer, like, do I look overweight to you, you know? First time in my life. And she was like, no. And I'm like, sure. And she looked again, and she looked me up and down. And she was like, well, if you exist, you lose three pounds. And that was the beginning of the end for me, like chasing that three pounds, chasing that five pounds, 10, 20, 25, 3, 7, 9, just, you know, years and years and years and years of it. Um, and that continued for many years. Um, I came into OA the first time when I was about, um, I think I was 19 years old and I stuck around for a couple of years. I definitely identified right away as a compulsive eater. Um, but I did not get a great sponsor. I did not work with steps. I came for vanity and that was that. And I went away for about 10 years and I did some more feel, I'm petting my dog, by the way, if you wonder what's happening back here. Um, I did a bunch of, uh, Field research as a compulsive eater, I got into all sorts of crazy food behavior, including binging and um, all sorts of weird and crazy diets and trends, whatever was going on. I'm just going to request it that the chat are really strapped, so um, if any chance to we'll put off on the chats for a while, it would be really, really nice. Thank you. Um, so um, anyway, that kind of um, crazy compulsive eating behavior um, diet behavior, laxative abuse, all sorts of weirdness went on for years. Um, and then uh, I was working on uh, cruise ships at the time. I was singing and dancing overseas, and um, my father was diagnosed with terminal brain cancer uh, during one of my contracts and then died during the next contract. And my family all kind of gathered around to be of service to him and to help him and then help out after he died. And um, my best thinking was run, hide, Stay away from this pain, uh, figure out how to fix my body, figure out how to fix my food. I was fighting with everyone. I was combative. I was stubborn. Still am. Um, but it's a work in progress. Um, and um, this, that's what brought me back into OA. And I guess it would have been, to, well, if I'm 19 years, uh, it would have been around 2001. Yeah. yeah. September of 2001. Um, excuse me, March of 2001. Yeah, I celebrated 19 years last week, by the way, March 26th. Um, So when I came back into OA, I got a good sponsor right away. I didn't wait around. Um, I didn't do that because I was like a good girl or smart or fabulous in any way. I did it because I was in pain and I wanted things to look different and I was grieving the loss of my daddy and I needed help. And so when I got a sponsor – And at the time, she probably had about as much abstinence as I have right now, probably 20 years or so. So I followed direction. I did what she told me to do, and it was all very contrary to my nature, and it all worked. You know, within a year or so of, you know, my first year in OA, um, I experienced the, the freedom that I still enjoy today. I let go of the obsession to compulsively eat. Um, I lost whatever weight I needed to lose. I don't know how much that was. I don't look at a scale. I haven't stepped on a scale in 18 years or so. Um, It's not not information that's useful for me. I haven't been on a diet in 19 years. Um, Yeah, since that time. So I'm grateful to that sponsor that gave me so much really good direction. Um, Okay. Let's see. Nine minutes. Okay. What it's like today. Um, Well, pretty weird for all of us isn't it I mean I'm talking to you all on a computer I'm looking at boxes and I'm scrolling through now to see all the faces that are here with me oh thanks for the smiles guys the smiles and the nods it's really nice to see you all Ah, oh some of my besties are here oh it's really lovely that's really sweet guys my gosh So many phenomenal compulsive eaters present and all going through this same radical and weird experience. Um, What I can tell you even just about this experience, this moment in my life, is that I have a kind of acceptance that I couldn't have thought possible before. You know, um, I suffer from acute and chronic not enoughism. That's my nature. doesn't matter what it is. If it's food, validation, money, time. And that, by the way, that's part of, like, what my morning prayer and meditation and affirmations are about. I start my day. Uh, the big book tells me I'm supposed to start my day by asking God to direct my thinking. Because what I've learned that, first and foremost, what's broken is my thinking. Um, and I'm, I'm good at action. I'm naturally good at action. And that makes sense, right, because I'm compulsive. And what is compulsive behavior, if not action, a lot of action? Um, so the action could be picking up. The spoon and putting it down and putting it down and putting it down. That's compulsive eating, right? But the action could also be making phone calls or making lists. And you know, I'm 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 really good with all that stuff. Um, but having my thinking change—that's hard for me. So I start my day by asking God to direct my thinking. Um, God, who I refer to as Guide, G-U-I-D-E, which which serves me better, um, because that's really what I need. Is I need guidance because I'm lost, um, and I need direction, and I get it. Regularly, I get it from a power greater than myself, and I get it from all of you in the form of my sponsors, in the form of my fellows, in the form of my best friends and programs, in the form of my sponsees, etc. Um, so, <clears throat> I think I want to talk a bit about depth and uh, how I work from on a daily basis. Um, um, I think I'm not going to go through them all given the amount of time, but I want to talk a little bit maybe about kind of my daily program and my daily ritual. Um, Prayer and meditation is seven days a week. That's not optional. Um, Once again, that's not because I'm a good girl. That's not because I'm smart. I'm probably not either of those things. What I am is uh, willing when I'm in pain. And it doesn't take much pain, by the way, now. It used to take a lot of pain to make me willing. Um, <clears throat> because I'm stubborn and I would go screaming and kicking, you know. Um, but now, like, when I get a little bit of insanity in my head, I'm like, this is uncomfortable. I remember that. I remember being insane like this all the time. I don't want to feel this way. I better just some parent meditation. I better work my steps, you know. So that's, I do that every day, no matter what. That's how I start my day. Um, I ask <clears throat> my guide to please direct my thinking. Um, lately, I ask my higher power to direct my thinking towards gratitude and abundance. Because those are the two things that can easily elude me if I'm not careful. Uh, if I don't ask for gratitude, I'll get into entitlement. If I don't ask for abundance, I'll get into um, scarcity, thinking. That's just kind of the way I work as a chronic not-enoughism kind of girl. Um, <clears throat> so I ask God to direct my thinking, and I, and then I um, and I, I do a few affirmations around that, um, uh, around gratitude, around abundance, around having plenty. Um and um, I'm hearing beeps.
1: Five minutes. Someone
0: get in my attention. Five minutes. Okay, thanks, Carol. Um, <clears throat> and then after that, I generally dive into all 12 steps. Um, this is, you know, either in my mind or out loud if I'm in the other room and my husband can't hear me. Um, I'm Mickey, I'm still powerless over body obsession, and my life can still be unmanageable. I believe you can just sanity. And I'm making it turn my will and my life, including my food and my body, over to your care. Please help me to surrender completely. Please help me to let go of my picture of what I think this day and I should look like. That's how I start, right? That's steps one, two, and three right there. Then step four, um, I ask um, I ask a power greater than myself to remove my resentment and anger. Um, and I ask, there's a resentment prayer in the big book uh, in the fourth step section in between columns three and four of the big book style um, inventory. Um, I, I do a modified version of it. My version goes, uh, um, instead of this is a sick person, I say, um, this is a challenged person. Please uh, uh, help me to show them the same tolerance. I say flexibility and patience. Please help me to show them the same tolerance, flexibility, and patience I would want granted to me. That's my version of the resentment prayer. I do that every morning. Um, and sometimes I insert a person uh, that I'm struggling with in that moment, um, and I hand that over every morning, um, which puts me at step six. Uh, I ask the power greater than myself to rem- please remove from me every single uh, defective character which impedes my ability to be useful. Um, the ones I go through, uh, in case any of you have the same, um, I, ask, uh, I ask guide to remove my judgment and replace it with compassion pride and self-righteousness and to replace them with humility, my need to control and replace it with surrender, my fear and re- replace it with faith, my vanity and replace it with self-acceptance, my rigidity and replace it with flexibility, my resistance and replace it with open-mindedness and willingness, my entitlement and replace it with gratitude, my belief in scarcity, replace it with a belief in abundance, my blame and replace with response and my centeredness, and replace it with selflessness and a willing to be of service then I asked the power greater than myself um, to help me be of service today um, I asked for assistance uh, steps eight and nine I asked for assistance in making any amends that I owe at this moment and then I work 10 step every single day um, I, I um, sit down and write a letter to the person that's secretary of this meeting God bless Carol my sponsor Carol gets a a nice, chunky email every um, morning or evening that tells the story of the previous day in the form of um, whatever footwork I did, whatever challenges I had, and um, what I'm grateful for. Um, Step 11 is what I'm doing every morning, (laughs) right? Practicing prayer and meditation. And step 12 is what I'm doing right now, carrying the message to the still suffering health leader. Um, if this sounds like a lot or really academic, I totally get it. I want you to know that the, the writing that I do every morning to my sponsor handing over my 10 steps is probably 10 to 15 minutes of my day. And the morning prayer and meditation that I just talked to you through is probably about two minutes of my day. So it's probably about 15 minutes of my day that I'm running through kind of steps in my mind, 10 steps, that kind of stuff. Um, and here's what I get as a result. Um peace and freedom surrounding food and body. Uh, I told you I've had a lot of loss and trauma. Uh, My life began that way with a lot of loss. Um, In this program, um, one of my immediate family members was sexually assaulted, tortured, and murdered four years ago almost. Um, Two days later, sharing at Renity Sunday, and uh, I abstained. And I felt my feelings. I just felt it, you know. I just just let it hurt, and it was okay. And I felt entitled to my pain, and it was wonderful to have it and not feel that I needed to bury myself in excess food, you know. Um, Actually, a week ago, I lost my father-in-law, who I love dearly. And I can feel it, and it's okay, you know. I accept it. And I'm sheltering in place with my husband here in my lovely home in um, Palm Springs. I don't live in Palm Springs. I live in L.A., but we're sheltering in place in Palm Springs because we have a, a home here for uh, vacation rentals, for short-term rentals. And it's unoccupied right now. <laughs> so if we're not making any money on it, then I might as well be in it. Um, and um, I'm so grateful that um, I can see and feel. Is that Carol chiming in?
1: Yes. It's me chiming in. Thank you.
0: That's you, mean. Okay, I'll wrap it up. Um, anyway, I'm so grateful that I can feel the abundance surrounding me today, and it's evidenced in all of your faces. Oh, my gosh, I can't wait to hear what any of you have to say. Thank you so much, and thank you to Carol for asking me to speak. Uh, there's no break at this meeting, right? Is that where we are? Yeah. Um, uh-huh. The LA Intergroup requests that you continue to contribute as we still have operating expenses, including the subscription costs of this service. Please go to Org. I'm going to say that again. Please go to donate.oalaig.org O-R-G, for a direct link to our PayPal account, and please specify your supporting kitchen sink. Any amount is appreciated. This is the time for questions only. There is no sharing at this meeting. If you need to share, please do so with any of us after the meeting. We'll leave the uh, Zoom room open a little bit. Is that right, Carol? probably muted. Okay. Also, what, please what, remember is, that, what did you ask, Nikki? Uh, that, that it says that you need to share. So if you need to share, please do so with any one of us after the meeting. I assume the uh, the chat room, the Zoom room stays open a little bit after the meeting.
1: The, unless there's another meeting, yeah. And um, people okay. can raise their hands. And if you click on participants, the person with the hand up will come to the top of the list. Okay. And if you need help, just let me know.
0: Thank you. Bear with me, everyone, yes. Um, also, please remember that the opinions of the leader are my own. And not those not those of Overreach Anonymous as a whole when asking questions, you need not identify yourself. Um, if you have a question, please raise your hand and or click the raise your hand icon. I will tell you now that I have picked up a hitchhiker that was circling my feet. Um, and so we have we have she's a compulsive eater, trust me. Um, okay, let's see. Where are my hands? Okay.
1: Looks like Sonia is at the top of the list.
0: Okay. Thank you, Carol. I'll take Sonia.
1: Good morning. I'm Sonia. I'm a compulsive overeater. Hi, Sonia. Thank you, Nikki, so much for your qualification, and it's really good to see you and see everybody here. Uh, it's been seven years since I lived in L.A., and uh, I really appreciate your qualification. Um, could I'm so you repeat... sorry, you're,
0: you're breaking up for me. Is she breaking up for everyone?
1: Just a little bit, but, but okay. go ahead.
0: Yeah. I'm Can you hear me, me now? Question, was...
1: Yes. Okay. Have... Could you repeat the prayer that you say um in the morning regarding Step 1, 2, and 3?
0: Yes. I'm still powerless over food and body obsession, and my life can still be unmanageable. I believe that you can restore me to sanity, and I'm making a decision to turn my will, my life, my food, my body, and anything else that's up on that particular day over to your care. Please help me to surrender completely. Please help me to let go of my picture of what I think of myself and what this day should look like.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Looks like Julie is next. Thanks, Carol. Hi, Nikki. Thank you so much. I can't wait to listen to the I podcast uh. and take down all your, your prayers and stuff. Um, I'm wondering if, if you can talk
0: about grief and loss in terms of what
1: your, um, the conversations with, uh, your higher power. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, it makes sense. You're making me think, and I appreciate that. Thanks, Julie. It's nice to see you. Um, well, first of all, I, I think I have two main thoughts about that. The first one is that, um, like, my higher power isn't, like, it's not roses and tulips, you know, like, it's it, – it, or my relationship with my higher power is not roses and tulips. Like, you know t- – You messed up shit happens. And, um, I, I'm allowed to be angry and disappointed. And I'm allowed to say to a power greater than myself, WTF, I mean, what's going on? You know, that's part one. Part two. And I think the part that's particularly real for me is has to do with step two and my concept of a power greater than myself. So I, I don't personally believe in a sentient being, omniscient being. Um, uh, I don't believe in a, Person in the heavens. I certainly don't believe in a dude in the heavens. If I'm going to pray to something. It's probably going to be one of my own. Um, but it's for me, it's more of an energy, a life force, or something. It's just bigger than me. Um, and so I, I'm not. What that does for me, basically, is I don't hold God accountable for the things that happen in the world. I don't say. Okay, um, coronavirus is here. I'm sure God has a reason for killing off all these humans. Now, that might be true. I don't know. I have no idea what the plan is. But I, I can't attribute that—the uh, death of my father, the brain cancer, the murder of my stepsister—you know—the death of my best friend at nine years old—I can't attribute to the God that to God because I will hate God. You know, and that won't work for me. That won't serve me. So what I t- attribute to God instead is how I get through these things you know can I endure grief and loss with dignity and grace can I be absent can I myself with love and respect can I treat others with love and respect when I'm in pain right because that's the thing that's when it's hard to treat others with love and respect we all treat others with love and respect when we're having a good day and getting things our way that's easy but what happens when I'm not getting what I want you know um when I don't get what I want, I want to be tyrannical and monstrous. And the big book tells me that. It says, we're all like, we're all directors that want to direct the play and move everyone around, move all the other around, control But when I discover once again that I'm not in charge, um, how do I get through that with dignity and grace? You know, that's, that's what I'm turning to a power greater than myself for. I hope that answers your
1: question. Thank you. You've got a Megan with her hands up. Megan, unmute yourself.
0: Oh, Carol, God bless. God bless you, Carol. Thank you. Hi, I uh Megan. Hi, I'm Megan. Um, compulsive overeater and food addict. Thank you so much for your qualification. Oh my God, I got so much out of your share and your story. And thank you for your recovery. You know, like a true testament to how your like how our recovery is. Um. Like it benefits other people, you know, like it's like what's good for me is good for the good. So thank you. Um, my question was actually going back to the step one, two and three prayer. Is it possible to put it in the chat or like to have that yeah. written thing to cause it's, it's really beefy and juicy. And I was like trying to write it down, but I feel like I don't want to work the time by being like, no. yeah, I don't, I don't mind putting it in the chat at all, but I'll have to do it at 10 when the meeting ends or 10.05 or however long we have the, yeah, Um, after the meeting because there's too much going on. It'll be too distracting for me to try to type it while
1: listening to anybody else's
0: questions. Yeah, but if you stick around after the meeting, I'll be happy to do that. Or also, I will try to do that, and if I fail because there's too much going on after the meeting, um, then put your contact information in the chat and um, and your name, and then I can text it to you or email it as you prefer. Oh, awesome. Amazing. Okay, I'll do that. Okay. But I'll try to put it in for everybody. Okay. Thank, thank you. you. So thank you so
1: much. Yeah. Okay, you have uh Aaron, M and Philly. And I've disabled the chat for now, but I will put it back on um once the meeting ends. So uh oh, go ahead, Erin, unmute you. yourself. Yes. Yeah. Hey, I'm Aaron, I'm an anorexic and exercise believe, and pulse it Hi Aaron, nice to see
0: you.
1: Me too. Um calling from Philadelphia. Question for you is how do you Uh, balance doing exercise uh, so it's not compulsive but you still need to do it so it's healthy
0: well that's a funny question aaron and thank you because i'm a fitness trainer (laughs) that's my profession so um uh yeah there's there's a lot of space for me to be compulsive with exercise um and yet not uh because of this program so um you know Listen, we should move our bodies. Like, I believe a power greater than myself gave me a body that has the ability to move despite all of its liabilities and all of its aches and pains and imperfections. Like, I have the ability to move and it was God-given and therefore I should. Um, the additional, like, abuse, shame, expectation, like, that's of my making. That's the part I got to leave out, you know. But um, to loving, lovingly moderately um move my body a few times a week um and i'll be honest sometimes it's more than a few times a week when when we're not in the world of of covid um i i still dance um uh, i still take like three really good hard dance classes a week you know and um and then i do a few little mini workouts um by myself or with my husband or something um and you know like i'm a fitness trainer so i'm picking up weights all day and handing them to other people um so that's part of my life, but um, I do believe that it needs to be done moderately and lovingly and um, not in a spirit of punishment and self-hatred. Anyway, I hope that's helpful.
1: Okay, you got Adam B. with his hand up next. Adam, I'm Carol. Thank you so much. Hi, I'm Adam. Hi, Nikki. Hi, Adam. Thank you so much for your share. That was fantastic. Um, I missed you at Starbucks this morning. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs>
0: same neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Um, so, is there, has there ever been a time where either the trauma was so bad, or you haven't talked much about fear? I don't know if that plays into your uh, no, because issues.
0: I have none. Right,
1: right. But has it ever been so extreme that you've questioned program or the way you're approaching? Because it's a very lovely spiritual approach you're taking. Um, which I aspire to myself, and um, but is there any times where he's been shaken up so badly? And if so, what do you do to get back on track?
0: I think it's a great question, Adam. Um, for whatever reason, I've not, I've not questioned program itself. Um, I have when I have faith in nothing else. I have faith in twelve steps. I think these steps are miraculous. I mean, you have to understand. I'm an impossible nightmare of a person without steps. I am a crazy stubborn, manic, lunatic, you know? Um, we've all heard the piece of shit that the world revolves around. You know, that is me left to my own devices. Um, my experience of the 12 steps is that they're perfect, and perfect and flawless, and that they work every time. They don't work in the way that frozen yogurt does, frankly. Like, it's not like, you know, I engage with the steps, and I'm like, I feel better. That's that's not my experience. My, my experience with the steps is that they work more like a bank account, that I just keep depositing, and that over time, uh, I, I have something that um, I can draw upon when I need it. And then so when a trauma or a loss or just like whatever, uh, there's a line at the bank or I, I don't it's raining or coronavirus, you know, like whatever it is that I find difficult to accept, I now have um, this wealth of assets that I've built over the last 19 years of practicing these steps so that when I do have a crisis of faith, and I do all the time, Um, I can draw upon that. And I'm also really glad, like, um, the language of the steps is gentle, you know. It says, came to believe that a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity. Came. Came to believe. It doesn't say believed with perfect, explicit, constant, total, absolute perfection at every single moment. It doesn't say that. It says came to believe. Well, came to me is an active word. It's not... It's not a destiny. It's not a finite destination. I can continue to come to believe all the time, and I have to all the time because I don't believe all the time, right? And especially when things are really messed up, when things are jacked up, and I'm pissed off, and I'm not getting my way, um, I have to re- come to believe. And that's why I think there's value in taking steps one, two, and three every day, um, or every hour, or every minute. You know. I hope that answers.
1: You got Casey with a hand up. Thank you very much. Casey, unmute yourself. Hi, Nikki. There she is. Hi, Casey. It's good to see you. Good to see you. I'm my second favorite dog. I um, am wondering if you could talk a bit about how, if you're tempted to 12 step people because you're a trainer and you encounter people who've clearly got food issues, how you either, in a few instances, may give into that temptation, or how you resist that temptation.
0: Thank you, Casey. Um, well, first of all, I share my experience, strength, and hope. Like that's the thing, and so it's not like I'm not advertising. Like, like. I- Advertise that I'm a trainer, right? I can acknowledge that I'm a trainer, but I don't advertise that I'm a trainer. The same is true in reverse, right? I can acknowledge that I'm a compulsive eater to my clients, but I can't advertise and proselytize and promote Overeaters Anonymous. Um, rather, I just say, this is what I do, this is what works for me. Um, I did have one client where I overdid it. Like, In the big book, in the Step 12 part of the big book, it describes how to 12-step another alcoholic, and it's a very lengthy, involved process, and I kind of did that with one of my clients. Not, oh, that's another important thing, is I don't do it on their paid time. I do it after. If they want to talk about it, I say, give me a call or whatever you're paying me, and like, this information is for free and for fun, you know? Um, But one client, like, I overdid it. I just gave her too much information. Like, it was unnecessary. Um... Yeah, so the, I mean, part of part of the answer to your question is doing it wrong until you get it right. Now, what I usually just say is, um, you know, uh, I'm, get, I'm as your trainer. I'm going to work with you on the movement part. Uh, if you have questions about food and nutrition, I'm happy to help you as your trainer. Um, if you have a compulsive eating problem, I also have that. And if you want to come to me, not as your trainer, but if you want to call me, I'm happy to talk to you about that. So that's true. Not just training, but any context, any friend, any person, any coworker, any associate, any human I meet, I'm happy to say, um, I have I have a problem with food, or I had a problem with food, and if you want to know what I did, just let me know, and I'm you know I'm happy to tell you, and then if they're interested, I'm happy to meet you in a meeting or whatever.
1: It looks like you have. And, and, and
0: Casey, you can call me also, of course.
1: One more hand, Italome, and it's probably your last like minute or so.
0: Hi, Italome.
1: Where is
0: she? I don't see her yet. Hi,
1: there you are. Yes. Hi. Sorry, I'm outside. That's why I wanted to mute my video. But hey, um, thank you so so much for your share. Incredible. Um, I wanted to know more about your relationships. Um, whether you know the fact that you're you work such a strong recovery. Um, do you find that if with your husband or even with family members that sometimes can be challenging, or do you also have family members and a partner that work a recovery and spiritual program as well?
0: Great question. Edeloma. And you can also call me. <laughs> we'll chat about it later. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. I am. I got married in this program. Uh, uh, this September will be 15 years. Um, listen, God bless you, my friend for saying I have such a strong recovery. If you ask my husband in the other room, he might be like, yeah, sometimes <laughs> um, I ain't all that. Um, <laughs> I can be a real pain in the circus, frankly. Um, It's challenging. I mean, being a human being is challenging, and getting along with
1: other human beings
0: is challenging. Um, um, But my program sure helps, you know. um, Like I said, I'm a monster left to my own devices, you know, all self-centered and all fear and all panic. Um, But um, for me, it's really about humility at the end of the day, which I think is one of the – it's probably – I'm going to say – it's one of the most uh, principles of this program, certainly faith, service. Um, but humility might be the most important principle to me of this program because self-centeredness might be my biggest problem, you know, my pride and my self-righteousness and my self-centeredness. Um, so um, given that, it is my inclination to view things from my own perspective exclusively, right? Um, so I, I have to soften. I have to consider – on a regular basis that there are other humans on this earth and that they too have opinions and ideas and values and that they can differ from my mind and that they are no less valid than mine. Um, I don't believe that easily. (laughs) It takes work. It takes work and a lot of writing and daily 10 steps. Um, And and I I put that stuff in my daily 10 step. Like I was a monster to so-and-so and I was a tyrant in this way or they were a tyrant to me and, And it was hard in this way. And, you know, if I need to, I write a resentment inventory, big book style with four columns and all that. Um, But I have to look at my part on a regular basis. And I have to consider always that I have one and that I'm no peach. Um, And I'm sure, like, I have the the screen on speaker view right now, so I can't see all of you. But I have a lot of really close friends in this meeting that I'm sure are laughing really hard right now, going like, yeah, she's no peach. (laughs) Anyway, I hope that helps it a little
1: bit thank you thank you